Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Discourse, the podcast where we discuss film news, film reviews, and any other pertinent pop culture items that we feel the need to weigh in on. I'm Ryan Oliver, and today with me I have a very special guest. She is a writer at Bloody Disgusting and Consequence of Sound, Megan Navarro. Welcome to The Discourse Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on and chatting. So today we are going to be discussing Crawl, the latest film from Alexander Aja, as well as our five favorite animal attack movies, uh, animal attack horror movies specifically. So um, gonna, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that discussion. A little bit of housekeeping before we get started. The Discourse is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, so if you enjoyed this show, be sure to subscribe to us via your podcatcher of choice, be it Stitcher, be it iTunes, be it Spotify, and you'll get this show as well as our other programs, including Adjust Your Tracking, Be Real, Indie Beat, and the various uh, interviews that pop up on our feed from time to time. So with the housekeeping out of the way, when I have guests on the show usually i like to ask if there's anything that you've been into this week anything that you want to plug for our listeners so megan you have the floor what have you been watching this week that you would recommend people check out i really want to put the boys on people's radar it's not out yet it comes out july 26th on amazon prime um but in a crowded summer season i don't want it to get lost it's a show based on Garth Ennis's comic series that kind of shows the darker side of superheroes. Um, and the boys is the vigilante group that uh, tries to keep them in line, essentially. So it's ex- extremely violent, extremely bloody. It's great. It stars uh, Carl Urban in in the lead and Jack Quaid um, as his kind of sidekick. But uh, yeah, I love this show. It's like eight episodes long. It's going to drop in two weeks and I just really want people to watch it. Um, so that's the biggest thing that I've been watching. Um, and under the silver lake, uh, is now on Amazon prime. I feel like that one was also an under radar under the radar movie that, um, I really would like people to check out as well. That one's more trippy noir, but, um, yeah. And where is the boys? I don't know if, um, did you mention where the boys will be streaming? (laughs) Yeah, Amazon Prime. Oh, it It'll is. be on Amazon Prime. Yeah, these are both Amazon Prime, so I guess I'm plugging Amazon Prime today. But uh, yeah, July 26th, Amazon Prime, all eight episodes of The Boys. And then you can watch Under the Silver Lake right now on Amazon Prime. Awesome. Um, the Boys sounds or looks interesting. I remember seeing the trailer for that, and I cannot wait to check it out. I, I'm glad that it sounds uh, is as awesome as it sounds. And Under the Silver Lake, I I think I need to give another shot. I I was a little cool on it, uh, even though I found a lot of interesting things about it. And um, I look forward to checking that out again now that it's streaming. Um, I haven't been watching a ton this week, but I I have a new weird obsession. Like, I, I, I see every once in a while I'll see a movie where that's just so bananas and so out there that i feel the need that i have to continuously watch it to kind of figure out what the <laughs> hell is happening and that movie is night killer have you heard night- of this oh, movie is this the recent like severin release it is yes oh my god so i okay tell me about it because i've been hearing that it's bananas but i don't know anything about it okay so essentially so it's directed by claudio fragasso uh notoriously did troll 2 so that alone, oh, okay. yeah, with a uncredited uh, reshoots by his usual partner Bruno Mattei and it's it, it wants to be like a it, it and the initial cut of the movie was supposed to be this like psychological thriller about trauma 
and then the it uh, Claudio Fragasso turned his cut in, and they said uh, it needs to have a little bit more gore, a little bit more of that in it. So Bruno Mattei did these uncredited reshoots. So it's this trauma movie about trauma with a killer in a very very bad freddy krueger knockoff mask and like an oversized claw and it's not a creature it's an actual person wearing these things (laughs) and the the there's these killing scenes that are seemingly unrelated to the plot at hand um about this woman who doesn't remember the attack by this killer and is sort of like suicidal but then is trying to reconcile what happened and then exact her revenge meanwhile this this other guy that comes into play with the most craziest acting eyes i've ever seen it's just it it makes no sense and it has two of the most baffling twists that i've ever seen in a movie and um i always roll the dice on severin stuff because i i just love the work that they put out so and if it's in if it's an italian horror movie then i'm I'm on board say no more um but this one is just so baffling to me and i've i think i've watched it about three times at this point and i still oh my god and i still can't quite figure it out but i, I think i need to get this this sounds amazing you should 100 percent. i i recommend it so like you know what you're getting into but if this sounds like your bag i i 100 percent recommend it it's it's I... pretty nuts that sounds I love nuts. I love crazy 80s stuff. So that sounds amazing. Good uh, recommendation. Uh, I I couldn't recommend it enough. And then last thing I'll say about it uh, in typical um, Italian movie marketing fashion, it came out in Italy as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Of course it did. Of course it did. <laughs> like, I think the same year or the year before the actual Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 came out. So that's... Yeah, of course it did. It has nothing to do with it. <laughs> not even remotely close. But that the marketing, is... so that'll work. Yes. It, yeah, it'll work. Yeah, I'm sure people went and saw it or bought it on VHS. I don't know if it actually came to theaters or not. But um, I'll have to... There's an interview on the Blu-ray with Fergasso that I haven't got a chance to watch yet. But I want to see that for more clarity if it's possible. Awesome. Um, but that is Night Killer and The Boys and Under the Silver Lake. Be sure to check those out. So let's go ahead and move on to our featured review of Crawl. Uh, awesome. this, let's do it. This is the latest film from Alexander Aja. It is produced by Sam Raimi. The plot synopsis of IMDb is a young woman, while attempting to save her father during a Category 5 hurricane, finds herself trapped in a flooding house and must fight for her life against alligators. The movie stars Kayla Scodelario, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, and Barry Pepper. Now, we, in our circles, talked about this movie quite a bit from the when the trailer came out, that it looked like a really fun summer B-movie, and I think a lot of us were taken aback. Um, I'll just address the problem up front, that we were taken aback that this movie was really not screened for a lot of press. Um kind of select critics in new york and la but the rest of us uh didn't get a chance to see this movie until thursday night which usually indicates some sort of uh you know lack of confidence by the studio um coming out of crawl did you did you feel that um sort of lack of confidence or more so did they is it just a baffling thing that they decided to not screen this for critics in advance I honestly feel like there's some kind of strategy. I don't 
you know, coming out of it, I didn't really feel like it was a lack of confidence. I feel like it's, it's, there's something else and I'm not really sure what it is, but it seems like more of a strategic reason than a lack of confidence reason to me. Sure. I mean, I, I would have to agree coming out of the movie that, it, cause for one, I, I think this movie, um, to get into a little bit, uh, even watching it, I saw it Saturday morning at like a 1020 matinee. So usually not the most robust crowd, but Mm -hmm. it played the audience really incredibly well. Um, It's very sleek and it's very well made. And it's, it's, um, I don't know. It was just surprising to me um, that they decided to not show it for people or, or that there is some sort of strategy, but I don't know exactly what the strategy is. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, but but um, moving away from that, what did you think of the movie overall? I really enjoyed it a lot. I mean, it's it's a pretty tight, great paced like creature feature of the summer. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I did as well. Um, there there are like a couple things maybe that I wasn't like super into. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not mainly. I I loved. I mean, I I like Alexander Aja as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just rewatched the Hills Have Eyes remake, which I don't think I gave the time of day when it came out. Um, oh, really? Yeah, or, or I saw it and I was kind of like, oh, you know, it's okay. Or maybe I was just too, I guess, loyal to Wes Craven's original. But upon rewatching it, I went, this is really good. <laughs> um, it is. Like one of the, one of the, I think, better horror remakes in the last century for sure. And, um, and so like I've, I've, and and I like Piranha 3D as well. Um, fun fun creature feature, another remake. But um, I, he's just he's a craftsman, and I I think I appreciate that more than anything is like his fluid camera work and his ability to build tension. And there's a clarity to the movie that you know you could tell everything that's happening and um, yes, all that's great. I love the sort of like blood and sweat and tears and mud that uh scadillario and and barry pepper put into the movie oh my gosh yes they're just yeah the athleticism of them is just like it's really really impressive so i think it's a blast i do think the only thing that i didn't work for me is the the sort of family drama um between yes yeah and it's and it's not for lack of trying. I think they're great and doing their best. It's just some of the dialogue they're saddled with is like very bad. Yeah, very yeah. Bad. But um, but that accounts for maybe what five to seven minutes of this eighty-seven minute movie. Right. It's just a plot device to get them in the same place at the beginning. You know, it's just this kind of like, yeah, we're estranged, but let me go check on dad and. It really, you know, is a minor, it does in fact, like you said, it, it's not, it's a non-entity once things get going. Exactly. It doesn't, it does not hinder the movie in any way. It's just something that's noticeable, but it's, right. but it's like then an alligator attack or, or a flood will happen uh, very quickly after that. So that, that doesn't, uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't hurt the movie at all. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the movie's a lot of fun and, um, you know, it, it, uh, looking at the box office, it made 12 million this weekend, which is about its budget, which is not bad, uh, opening for, but I, I don't know. I feel like it could have opened better with word of mouth screenings or, a little bit more yeah something a little bit more marketing and maybe that's part of the strategy is that you know let's cut down on our marketing and and just let the movie build a word of mouth after the fact 
I mean, my my Thursday night screening was packed, so it's possible it's one of those sleeper hits of the summer. I'm hoping, you know, I think it deserves it. Absolutely. That's heartening to hear. And even, yeah, my, like I said, my showing at 1020 wasn't packed, but it was about half full, um, which at 1020 in the morning is, is pretty good. Is pretty good for, <laughs> for something that's not an animated film. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the movie is a blast. Hopefully it is a sleeper hit. Um, I did mention, and, and um, I said something on Twitter to this effect, and who knows if the movie was done in time or not. I know I know you and I are both fans of the new Pet Cemetery, but I almost... This almost should have been Paramount's South by Southwest genre play. Because this, I feel like this one could have used the boost because Pet Cemetery was probably going to do what it was going to do regardless because it's it's a known entity. But right. um, I don't know, maybe this, this could have helped, but given the release date, maybe it was, just wasn't done yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, for sure, I agree that it could have had a boost, but... You know, I I would like to be a fly on the wall of like the marketing you know teams discussions on how how to unroll this movie. Um, I I looked into a little bit. You know, Piranha 3D didn't screen for critics either. I think it did the same thing where it's like limited. L.A. and New York got kind of access probably via junket or maybe it was a screening, but maybe it's just like a kind of blueprint of how you do these weird summer creature feature popcorny type movies i'm not sure what the logic is but you know i i can't say it's embarrassment it's a pretty fun movie oh absolutely and and you mentioned piranha 3d i i forgot that 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 didn't screen for critics back in in 2010 um and that movie was also well received, just like this movie was. Um, yeah. So it's it's it is. I'm not 100 percent sure about the strategy there, or maybe maybe because the, and I think we'll get into it in the back half of the podcast. Maybe because it this subgenre has had a history of maybe more less stellar movies than great movies, um, even though there are definitely great ones. That maybe there's a stigma that like oh it's a animal attack movie that seems kind of schlocky and. I'm not interested in that. Um, and then, you know, and then it comes out and it surprises. So I don't know, maybe it mm-hmm. could have something to do with that. Maybe in that same vein, it has to do with, you know, the horror as a whole isn't nearly as, you know, prestige as, as a lot of the other genres. Critics tend to look down on horror. So maybe it's like, this is already going to have a built-in audience. Why not, you know, just put it out. The audience, the horror crowd will show up for it critics are gonna you know they don't they don't get horror so why even bother tarnishing you know the potential of like rotten tomato score when we know that that horror will show up for it that's also a valid point though i do i feel things are changing slightly in terms of like how horror is perceived in the critical community like it does sure yeah it does feel like a turning point's happening but anyway go ahead but i also think it's kind of like elevated versus lowbrow and you know you have a hurricane alligator frenzy and that's more on the lowbrow versus the quote-unquote elevated stuff you know like midsummer and get out or us so you know i think i agree it's turning but i don't think we're there yet no that's a valid point and and this is maybe completely out of left field but one movie that i naturally thought of during this film is uh, the hurricane heist that came out last year and completely tanked and, i did not see it oh <laughs> uh, it's i mean it's it's one of those movies where you know what you're in for and i think it's worth watching because it is a lot of fun even though it's dopey as all hell but um 
but that came out and completely tanked and and nobody remembers it so i doubt no. it has anything to do with it but i i'm like oh florida set hurricane movie where something else is happening during the hurricane <laughs> maybe there was some connection there of like oh maybe we shouldn't like show this to people but um, possibly could be um we you tend on the show to usually do uh, a spoiler section do you think there's anything uh like in spoilers worth uh diving into crawl um um i think there's one thing that people would probably want to know up front that's not really like a lengthy discussion but it has to do with sugar oh that's a good point um yeah, sure. Well, why don't we do... We can do a little small spoiler section for Crawl. So let's go ahead and do that. Spoilers for Crawl starting right now. Oh, I've heard of this flick. There's a twist in it, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Just just try and forget that. And hopefully we'll still be able to enjoy it. I bet he's a woman, that bloke. No. You think it's the future, but it's actually set in the past. It's not Earth. It's all a dream. Oh, could you not? Could you... Could you not try and guess what the twist is? Yeah, so Sugar, the dog, he lives. He lives. Sugar <laughs> lives. And that's that was the one thing that I wanted going into this movie. You know, when you show a dog a, swimming in flooded waters in a trailer, you're like, great. You know, small cast, the dog is always the first to get it to show, you know, the intensity of a horror movie because you can't kill off your main characters, so let's kill off the dog. They didn't, and I was so thrilled. I was very happy about that, too, especially, you know, a can of worms we don't necessarily have to open, but, the like, the new Child's Play, for example, like, they killed a cat in that movie, and I was like, yep. oh, come on. Yep. Um, and so I was worried when I saw that dog, and uh, that didn't happen, so that was really nice. Um, I, was, I was excited. And then they, they do a good job, like, I feel like they do a good job of, of uh, making the deaths count in the movie. Um, yes. Or, or at least in, like, the mid portion, because the first, I think the first deaths are those... Um, the people robbing the convenience store yes which you're kind of like okay well they're they're being shitty and robbing during a uh a hurricane so it's like oh we don't care about them but then the police guy that we got to meet for a little bit um gets torn apart brutally and it's like oh yes. no <laughs> poor guy <laughs> so it, it's it does a great job establishing uh the stakes of the movie which i yes i, I appreciate like everything is brutal like you have and i think you know you didn't really care about these looters but at the same time like i feel like it offered some pretty creative uh ways of of handling their deaths that it's like we don't care about these people per se but man is it fun to watch them get it it is both fun and you're like oh but did they deserve to get ripped apart that badly (laughs) not necessarily yeah Yeah, no um, and no, I, I think this is, this is the type of like summer spectacle that I look for that have been like, you know, just been numbed by some of the, the rough, uh, tent poles that have come out this summer, like Dark Phoenix or Men in Black International that have just, you know, had nothing. And it's like, this thing has, you know, just has flesh and blood, both literally and figurative, figure, geez, I cannot talk literally <laughs> and figure, figuratively, um, it's 87 minutes long. There's no fat on the movie. Not it, at all. It moves. Uh, it's just, it's it's a really good time at the movies. And uh, yeah, I, I, I can't recommend it to people enough. I will say that, I mean, I loved it. I had a great time. Um, Alexandra, Alexandra Aja knows how to do tension and suspense and like visceral 
you know, violence that you feel and you, you hear and it's awful. But uh, between this and Piranha, I'm kind of thinking he's the, the third act proves to be the weakest, you know, like you have all of this ramp up of tension and then it just kind of like that the last scene and set piece doesn't quite have the same like energy level that the rest of the movie does and it's not enough of a deterrent or to, or a flaw to to like I loved it anyways beginning to end but it it did kind of like interestingly like calm down at the end and some of the CG shows you know like there's a specific scene involving Kaya in the basement or the crawl space and she gets spiders on the face and it's not as effective because there are obvious CG Yes. Um, and like you said earlier, there's some there's some pretty laughable dialogue pieces. But uh, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's a B movie creature feature and it takes itself seriously, which I appreciate. And it not not a minute is wasted in that 87 minute runtime. So, you know, there's some flaws, but it's pretty minor in comparison to the level of entertainment you're going to have. I would agree. And I, one thing I wanted to to bring up that, that you mentioned uh, just mentioned is that uh, the taking itself seriously. Yes. I I also appreciated that, and it's I don't like to you know review review a review essentially, but I've seen the sentiment going around. I don't know if you've noticed it that there's been there's been a I, I probably at least a half dozen uh, of people I've noticed have been like oh, it takes itself a little too seriously for my taste, yes. but it's still fun. I'm like. Ah, but I like that it takes itself seriously. I do too. I mean, how many creature features are I mean built around intentional camp and being tongue in cheek? And if it did that, would the suspense and tension be what it was? No, mm, no, you know? not at all. So many of them are built around camp, and right. I feel like this one was more refreshing in that way. Like, like we kind of mentioned up top, like we'll give the. Some of the dialogue is really, really rough in the movie. Like, there's no question about that. But it's not, it's not because it takes itself seriously that's a problem. It's just that right. some of the serious lines are kind of rough. But like the movie, the movie treats its material with respect while also understanding that it is a B movie creature feature. And I don't think that's an easy line to toe. And yeah. I, I think it toes it mostly, mostly well. I completely agree with you. Awesome. Well, any other thoughts on Crawl before we move on to the second half of the episode? Uh, go see it. <laughs> go see it and make it the sleeper uh, hit of the summer so that we could get more movies like this because this is the precise type of movie that is meant for summer box office. You know, all of the movies that we've had leading up to this point have been kind of disappointing, you know, too dour or just too kind of repetitive. And this was a really fresh, you know, breath of air. So go see it. Absolutely. So vote with your dollars. If you don't go see it, then we won't get more like it. So please exactly. do it. Yes. Um, so let's move on to our, uh, you know, top five uh, animal attack horror movies, which, you know, I thought would be a fun premise because there's no shortage of animal attack horror movies that span the entire spectrum of class to crass, which <laughs> <laughs> for better or worse. Um, yes. And, uh, one thing I will say up front before we get started, um, we talked off mic a little bit, and we agreed Jaws is off the table, so when they're inevitably, Jaws is not brought up, and people are like, why didn't you say Jaws? Because it's obvious, and Jaws it's is It's a given. Great. Yes, we love Jaws, but 
you know, might as well get some other movies that you haven't seen out there. Um, But before we get started, is there any sort of criteria other than animal attack that you sort of put into uh, this list? I did, because like you said, there is an obscene amount of movies to choose from and even dwindling it down to like the ones you love the most is impossible um because there's just so many it's such a like rich subgenre um so what i did was go with ones that i absolutely adore for various reasons but aren't as talked about so i was trying to go for some of the more like obscure ones that are deserving of more attention either they had been in the spotlight at once at one point but have long you know kind of fallen into in between the cracks or just ones that people maybe never heard of to begin with so yeah i tried to go with like the more under appreciated underrated that's a great approach. That's kind of how I, I would say the start of my list is. I, I started doing that as well, and, and then sadly sort of gravitated towards some more known ones because I just, there was something about it that I couldn't let go necessarily. I'm like, ah, totally fine. but I love these ones that I, I, I need to talk about them. But um, I, and I do have some honorable mentions as well that we could probably talk about at the uh, end of the segment. But um, I did try to do the same thing. Maybe didn't do it as well, but um, I look forward to diving into these. Um, so yes. let's let's go ahead and get started. What is your number five? Number five is one that uh, I feel like it probably did well upon release, but we just don't talk about it anymore. Uh, it's Snakes on a Plane. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. As a perfect kind of counterbalance to the seriousness of Crawl, I went with pure, like, over the top. It knows what it wants to be. And it was still pretty fun, too. Um, yeah. So Snakes on a Plane, we don't really, when we talk about animal attack movies, we don't, that never really comes up in discussion anymore. And I feel like it should because it was the precise type of summer cheese. It knew what it wanted to be, but it was, it was different. It was, and it was very, you know, self-aware, especially, you know, based on the title alone. Um, Yeah, I haven't seen that movie probably since it came out in 2006. I should should revisit it, because, like, if you remember, like, there was a lot of hype around the movie uh, based on its name and and premise, and then it came out, and it just kind of fizzled. Yeah. And like you said, people don't talk about it anymore, but uh, I remember the movie being pretty fun um and i might have to give it a revisit i i cracked up the entire time i can quote even though i haven't seen it like as often as i have some of my other favorites i can quote a lot of that movie i mean samuel L. jackson he you can count on him to to bring something unique and choose unique roles and i like this movie it's a goofy blast oh nice i'll have to rewatch it for sure i i will definitely check it out again uh, I do remember it, it gave us one of the most hilarious uh, TV edit lines. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Yes. <laughs> so good. Um, I take that over a bleep any day. Like, that's just that's just gold right there. Um, get creative with Samuel Jackson lines. Exactly. Uh, my number five also veers into the campy, goofy um, realm, and it is Uninvited the 1988 Graydon Clark film. Yes. About a mutant cat where a mutant cat lives inside of a normal cat and the normal cat inexplicably ends up on a boat with some teenagers and a like criminal kingpin played by George Kennedy. Um, And then the cat 
wreaks havoc on the boat and it's it's so insane and in a lot of fun like it, it's one of those movies that um even though it's goofy it, it kind of fits in that crawl vein where it's like it knows what it is but it takes it just seriously enough to where you're having a good time with it um and vinegar syndrome recently put out a remastered blu-ray of this thing and it looks pretty great um so i yeah i i enjoy the hell out of this movie i'm a big cat person so i, I love I, cats too oh nice so i i knew i had to have a cat horror movie <laughs> here um it was this or the uncanny but i think i like this movie a little bit more so i i, think... I went ahead with it I, I good pick. I love what they do with this cat. It's not even just like to say it's a cat that's like I don't want to spoil it for anybody who has no clue and has never seen what the movie is, but there's more to this cat than you expect going in. Yes, absolutely. Um that's I think that's the best way to put it. Um though it is funny that like ninety percent of the movie it's a normal cat and then the yeah. other ten percent movie, well Surprise Surprise. And yeah. I think it's worth seeing. And it might be on prime i think it actually is on uh, on amazon prime um i don't think it's as good a transfer as the one vinegar syndrome put out so but if if you're listening and this sounds interesting if you can't get hold of that copy for any reason it is available now to stream beautiful awesome well moving on what is your number four my number four is also when on the more well-known spectrum but still because it's now i think 30 years old about to be 30 years old we don't talk about it enough it's arachnophobia Oh. I feel like, yeah, we're going to go with some spiders. Uh, it's kind of like that perfect blend of scary and funny. Um, great cast, really well done. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's been 30 years, so we don't talk about it nearly as much. And we should, because I feel like I would love a modernized uh, spider movie like this. Yeah, like, what was the last one? I, like, Eight-Legged Freaks? Was that the last one? I uh, think so, and that was pure camp, and that was just like what eight years later, or a couple. I mean, it wasn't that long, maybe a decade apart, maybe. Yeah, it was like two thousand two. I want to say okay. I don't know why that's in my head, but that that sounds about right. You're probably right, but yeah, it wasn't that long. And here we are, you know, it's almost thirty years. This came out in nineteen ninety, and like I want, I want something similar in tone to, you know, instill arachnophobia in a new generation. Absolutely. Well, I'm first of all, spiders terrify the living hell out of me, so it's it's not really hard to to do yeah. that if you do it well. Um, that I haven't seen that movie in years, but I I love arachnophobia. Like that movie is is a ton of fun, um, and and I should I should revisit it. I I think I remember watching it in like school randomly, um, like one of those classes where you really? have sub- where you have like a substitute oh, teacher, okay. and yeah. they're like, oh. Uh, just, just watch this, kids. Yeah, just watch a movie, and and I remember watching Arachnophobia, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Um, so yeah, that movie is that movie is also a lot of fun and worth rewatching for sure. And it holds up because there's no CG; it's legit like spiders for the most part. I think that they had maybe a animatronic big bad for the final climax, but yeah, it's all legit actual spiders. So. You know, it, it holds up well across nice. the board. I'll have to rewatch it, and and also shout out to John Goodman in that movie, who is yes. just just phenomenal. Yes. Uh, I mean, he usually is in most things, but uh, as the exterminator, he's just uh, I love it, love it so much. Um, my number four is uh, Day of the Animals. Have you seen this one? Oh, I feel like I have not actually. It's 1977, directed by William Girdler, who also did Grizzly. 
um, which I actually haven't seen Grizzly. I know that's sort of his more well-known movie, um, but I haven't seen it, so I, I couldn't, couldn't talk about it for this list. Um, but Day of the Animals essentially is, it, it, it is, it also sort of toes that line of, like, camp and seriousness, but, but the movie essentially opens with a title card that talks about, um, talks about the ozone layer deteriorating, and so, uh-huh. uh, these, these animal lovers are going on a hike, and at X amount of elevation feet, um, the because of the deteriorating ozone layer, these animals are going crazy and start attacking people. And so the movie is like, it says, like, this is a, a dramatic depiction of what could happen if we continue pollution or whatnot. And which I, I appreciate. I love I love a good, you know, uh, environmentalist horror movie. It's yeah. very heavy handed, uh, as evident by that description. It's It almost feels like, the director saw Night of the Living Dead, saw what Romero did, and was like, oh, I'd love to do something like that, but it was just without the subtlety <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but it, but I do think it works in its benefit, and it is actually, like, legit terrifying and also goofy and uh, at times. And I think it balances pretty well. And if nothing else, Leslie Nielsen's in the movie, and he, oh, fights, wow. and he fights a bear. And that's all I'll say. Well, that's all I need to yeah. sign up. Yeah. <laughs> and it is streaming on Shudder currently perfect beautiful worth checking out that is day of the animals uh so what is your number three number three is my cat entry on this list it is burning bright i've never Um, seen this movie it's good and you can watch it uh free on tubi okay yeah so it's uh it's basically a really perfect companion to crawl it takes itself seriously came out in 2010 uh directed by carlos brooks and doesn't look like he's really done anything since but it is a girl a teenager or really college aged she is um dealing with the loss of her mother her mother committed suicide and she has an autistic brother and because of these extra responsibilities in the wake of her mother committing suicide she's you know kind of struggling to get through college to pay for it um and her stepfather or maybe he's really the boyfriend i don't remember but uh there's a hurricane it's in florida there's a hurricane she goes home he ends up letting loose a tiger they're locked into this house uh during a hurricane with a tiger very carnivorous tiger so it's like bait but with a tiger an actual live tiger Oh my god, that sounds horrifying. Um, I need to go seek this out. I've actually been seeing some of our colleagues really, really recommend this movie uh, recently, and um, I'm I'm glad it's on your list. And I I just need to go see this movie. Yes, and it's available. So check it out. It's very tense. I feel like Crawl might be way more intense, but uh, yeah, this one's really good. Awesome. Well, I mean, stuck with a live tiger. I mean, that's that's terrifying in and of itself. I. I almost, speaking of that, I almost included Roar on this list, or at least considered it. I did too. But I also feel it wasn't intended as a horror movie, so I I was a little, like, reluctant, but uh, it was definitely in the conversation, for sure. Yeah, true story horror, but not plot-wise horror, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, my number three is starting to dive into a little bit more of the well-known, um, and I actually talked about it on this podcast recently, um, as I got to watch it at a Terror Tuesday on a when I was on a trip to San Francisco, and it's Piranha, 
the original. Oh, yeah. The original Joe Dante, Roger Corman, John Sayles Piranha, um, which I hadn't seen in many, many years until the last month. And this movie holds up incredibly well. It is, it's funnier than hell, which I didn't really remember, but given that it's Joe Dante, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me. And um, Roger Corman, I believe. Isn't yes. And, Roger Cor- yeah. And Roger Corman. And like the performances all around the board are, are really fun. I mean, you have great appearances from Barbara Steele and you have Dick Miller, of course, and, <laughs> of course. <laughs> who's just as the, the Jaws like mayor. It's just so, so perfect in that role. And yeah, I mean, it, it is essentially Jaws beat for beat, but with piranhas that, didn't even really work so they just kind of like flap around <laughs> but <laughs> but like similarly to jaws it, it helps the movie because they're like oh these things don't work so we just won't show them that often and, yeah and it works to its benefit and um yeah it's just it's really funny it's it's goofy but it's it's really it's smart and entertaining and just a solid b movie all the way around and um yeah i i, I love this movie and i i was very happy to watch it again recently and uh if you if for anyone who hasn't seen it in a long time, I recommend checking it out again. It's it's really strong. It's a pretty awesome pick. I love I love that movie. I love piranhas. I think I used to be terrified of them because of that movie when I was a kid. Oh, it makes sense. You're like, I don't want to go in the water. There might be no. piranhas. That's kind of there. like my weird like phobia, you know? Like it's rational because I've never had to deal with it, but it just terrifies me to no end. Is like being in the water and like you have no clue what's around you that's coming for you. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, too, like a shark is large enough that you, you know, could potentially see it coming. You might be screwed, but yeah, I think you'd be screwed by the time you notice it. But you'd see it come piranhas, though. No, no, no. idea. And they swarm just Kevin McCarthy's out there letting them go by accident. So, um, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, I would I, that is definitely a fear that I have going into the water for sure. Yes. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, to our number twos, what is your number two? My number two, again, I'm going with the kind of odd, obscure outliers. I went with Slugs, 1988's Slugs. Ah, okay, yes. Yes, it's basically about some uh, mutated slugs going on a really gnarly feeding frenzy in this town. Um, And it sounds, garden slugs, you wouldn't think that it would be gross. But this was directed by Juan Piquer Simon, who directed... uh, more infamously, 1982's Pieces. Yes, a favorite of mine, for sure. Yes, so it's the same level of gore as you would expect from Pieces, like, that you got from Pieces. He did that with his creature feature that apparently is a very faithful adaptation of the novel of which it's based on. So it's uh, it's nuts. It's got this really gruesome sequence about a guy who's, I guess, kind of ingested the eggs in a salad, I think, if I can remember, but he, what happens when he goes to a business meeting, um, dinner at a restaurant later on is the most gruesome death I think I've ever seen in an animal attack movie. It's goofy, over the top, gory creature feature that many people haven't seen and they should. I sadly have not seen this movie, despite being a huge fan of, of, of Simone and of pieces specifically, but it's been on my radar for a long time. Um, and I think, I know Arrow put a Blu-ray out of it. It might be out of print. I'm not 100% certain, but I might just have to go to the video store and uh, rent it one of these days. I know Shudder at some point had it available to watch. I don't know if it's still available, but it was. I'll have to double check. 
Yeah, I'll have to double check that as well. Uh, if it is, I know what I'm doing today. Uh, yes. If it isn't, I will certainly seek it out. And who knows? Maybe maybe the next season of The Last Drive-In, Joe Bob will pick it uh, as a as an option. So that knows? would be amazing. That would be great, and I would. Yeah, I just like I need to see this movie. Um, yes, but, if you love pieces, you're going to have a field day with slugs. Uh, I can't wait. I need to do it. Um, so my my number two, I guess probably more on the serious end. Uh, my number two is White Dog. Um, ah, yeah, the Samuel Fuller film from 1982. Um, definitely one of the more harrowing um, animal attack movies I've seen. For for those who don't know the premise of the movie, it's essentially about these dogs who are viciously trained to attack black people um so it's very i mean it's a very samuel fuller movie it's very confrontational and it's very um i mean yeah just overall confrontational in your face um movies it but it's it's uh it's a movie with sequences that i'll never forget for better or worse um because it's just so harrowing and it's it's more it's more of probably a one-time watch movie for sure. It fits into that category, I think. Um, but I think the power of the movie and and how it uses just real life horror to tell a horror story, um, I, I just I feel like I couldn't exclude it off this list, even though I don't. It, it is a Criterion movie, so I'm I'm I know it's a little bit more well known, but um, I just I couldn't in good conscience leave it off this list. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, it's it's a it, I mean it's a great one, but also a movie that I'll probably never watch again. But <laughs> but I recommend everybody see Either at some one. point for sure. Um, awesome. All right, well we're to it. We're to the final stretch. What is your number one Animal Attack horror movie? Razorback, nineteen eighty four's Australian Razorback. I have not seen this movie, so it is. It is interesting. Um, it's kind of a little bit more. I mean, this boar is massive. A reporter is in Australia. American reporters in Australia reporting on this kind of shady animal processing plant. But she ends up going missing, and her husband comes looking for her, and he ends up teaming with some locals. Um, and there has been this massive, massive boar rampaging across the outback and killing people in gruesome ways. Um, and it opens with like this pretty harrowing uh, death of a child, which is a taboo in horror that they immediately shatter. Um, but it's really good. It's very like stylistically Australian. Um, and it's directed by Russell Mulcahy, I'm probably botching that. I apologize. But he's the director of the first two Highlander movies. Um, He also went on to produce Bait, which is another animal attack movie that is a favorite of mine that almost made this list. But uh, yeah, it's it's an underseen one. It's very different, very unique um, and pretty brutal. And it's it's got really cool. It's kind of Jaws like in that you've got this massive animatronic creature that didn't always cooperate. So they kind of had to use it wisely well awesome i'll have to check that out because i love usually go for australian horror movies pretty pretty hard so this sounds amazing um and like yeah i I, i've seen highlander but i'm not super familiar with a lot of the stuff that this director has done i haven't seen bait either so that's something i should check out i know i've heard i've heard good things it looks like razorback was also his first movie after like a storied career of uh, music video directing. Yes. Nice. So, you know, it definitely has that kind of style. You, there's always like this distinct visual aspect to 
directors who transition from music videos into film. And I feel like it has that sort of visual, almost dreamlike quality to it. But it's 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 so good. Awesome. Well, I have a bunch of homework uh, after <laughs> after your list, so that's. I'm glad you went with these underrated picks because this this sounds this sounds awesome. Um, so I cannot wait to catch it. Um, and then my my number one, I went super basic. Like I I just completely and utterly went basic. It's the birds. Um, the birds, awesome. But I I mean, it, it was another one of those where I'm like, should I even mention the birds? Like. That should almost Why go. With, uh, yeah, like it should almost go without saying. Like I should just leave it off the list because it's such a beloved movie and we we all love it. But I I just I couldn't in good conscience pick anything above it. Um, yeah, that's my that's what else to say. I guess. <laughs> um, so those are our five. Were there any honorable mentions? It sounds like there was a bunch that you um, that barely made the cuts that You're that you wanted to herb. give a shout out to. Bait for sure, which, you know, ties into Razorback. That's also similar. If you wanted to make a marathon of crawl, go home and watch Burning Bright, and then Bait is the other great one to pair with them because it's basically sharks in a grocery store. You know, it's Australian, a tsunami comes, and it it washes in these sharks in this grocery store, and the shoppers who are in the middle of being um, held hostage by robbers they're all trapped together and these sharks are hungry and it sounds silly and it kind of is, but in such a fun way and it doesn't really, it tries to take itself more seriously than, than the plot suggests. So that one's really, really fun. Um, of unknown origins was another one that I really wrestled with. That's basically Peter Weller versus a rat terrorizing him in his own home. Um, and it's it's a, it's a comedic movie that's great and not as well known. Um, and Backcountry, I, I struggled with a lot, too, because I feel like that one's such a well done movie and it has one of the gnarliest bear attacks I've ever seen. But the bear isn't quite as prominent to the whole movie. So I left that one off. Uh, gotcha. What- what about you? What were your runner-ups? Oh man, I had a bunch. Um, <laughs> I had, I think, I had three gator-related movies, um, which I should have went with to tie in with Crawl, but I'll at least mention them. I had Alligator, the nineteen eighty Alligator. Um, Great. Yeah, I, I had eaten alive, but since it's more feeding people to yeah. the alligator, I'm like, eh, it's not really an animal attack movie, even though I really like that movie. Uh, I also had considered The Great Alligator, the Sergio Martino uh, mm-hmm. alligator Jaws knockoff movie. Um, I also, I know it's not a good movie, but I've always had an affection for Graveyard Shift. The, oh, yes. <laughs> and so I did consider it, um, but I, I was like, I can't in good conscience do it. But I will at least mention it as an honorable mention. I had Tremors as an honorable <gasps> mention. I know. <laughs> I would love to pick, but I feel like that's, I mean, it's creature feature, but animal yeah, it's kind of like an iffy, but oh my God, I love that movie so much. Me too. And that's why I think I ultimately left it off the list. Same with uh, Cue the Winged Serpent as well. Cause I'm like, eh, it's more of a creature feature than an animal attack movie, but, um, but so, also epic, but also awesome. Um, and then Night of the Lepus, I also considered, um, which is a big bunny attack movie. And amazing. I love bunnies. So I'm like, oh, well, that's <laughs> uh, one I definitely considered, but it just, just barely missed the list. There is way too many. This could be like an ongoing series of 
you know, podcast animal attack movies. Like there's an insane amount to choose from. Yeah. It really could be its own show. So maybe I'll have to pitch that to Rodrigo and say, Hey, we're, <laughs> we're not doing the discourse anymore. We're just going to be talking about animal attack <laughs> horror movies. We'll be here for years. Yeah. There's no shortage of them. We'll get a lot of, get a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Those are our picks. Those are our honorable mentions. Um, Megan, thank you so much for taking your time today to, um, chat with me about crawl and uh, the various animal attack horror movies of which there are no shortage of um where can people find more of your work online uh first of all thank you for having me uh this has been a blast um you can find me on twitter at haunted meg um obviously i can be found on bloody disgusting or consequence of sound uh i also written for fangoria i'm in the july issue and slash film and birth movies death well, congrats and on pretty the... much anywhere else who can let me write about horror so awesome well congrats on the fangoria um spot that is awesome and Thank you. and yes people listening be sure to check out i saw both your reviews for crawl and lion king over consequence of sound <laughs> and um and liked those quite a bit and uh, also spoilers for listeners we are not discussing the lion king next week we <laughs> we were originally but uh things have changed and so we're going to be doing something else don't know yet but stay tuned um in the meantime um you can subscribe if you are a fan of the show be sure to subscribe to the playlist podcast network uh via your podcatcher of choice be it stitcher be it itunes be it spotify however you get your podcasts and you'll get this show as well as our other shows including adjust your tracking binge worthy uh indie beat be real and the various interviews that pop up from our feed from time to time Megan, thank you again so much for coming on the show, and our listeners, we'll catch you on the next episode.